ओम ज्ञान तिमीरंधस्यानंजनशलाकाय So from time to time, oh, that was phew. that's what Prabhupada called hatchet obeisances, like you chop with an axe like this. Actually, took that from Bhakti Siddhansas, like that. You do your obeisances so quickly, like a spring bouncing up quickly. Yeah. So uh, all of these. songs we can sing from time to time shri prabhupad told his disciples who are living in vrindavan to sing this particular song every day saying that his disciples who lived in vrindavan they should imbibe the spirit of the six goswamis and live very uh, austerely and in a fully devoted manner within vrindavan please turn this light off so questions Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Give me this song book so I don't have to keep it on your feet. Who and to what extent can one hear controversial issues in Iskon? Well, it may not be a very relevant question because I might say one thing and someone will think something else yeah but i'm going to move so you have to keep on moving you can devise a device and become a millionaire a, a mic that moves along with the speakers intelligent mic no need to translate that into telugu of course a millionaire Yeah, uh, I may think that one thing, but then someone else will come along and say, "I have to inform everybody." Generally, those who uh, there, there are some devotees who think that it's their duty to inform everybody of the major issue, which everyone should must be aware of. In fact, there are so many controversial issues in and around Iskon that some devotees, it seems to be like they're. the only thing they're interested in you don't hear them speak ever about bhagavad gita it's only you know all the latest gossip well my policy is to uh keep devotees informed to some extent of some of the most prominent issues and uh, to try to concentrate on the real essence i'll narrate a couple of incidents regarding udupi uh one goes back or well, one was related to me by my god brother basu ghosh prabhu guru bhrata that's what we say in hindi anyway remember is in telugu i don't know adhyatmik bhrata something like that sahas sahasishya you could maybe say i don't know i'm just inventing words here uh yeah this shortly after the disappearance of shila prabhupad he was feeling discouraged by various controversial issues and at that time it was nothing compared to what it is now so he asked the uh revered pejawa swami of udupi madhva sampradaya what to do in such a circumstance pejawa mata swami means the uh vishveshwarthya swami who's been a long standing friend of iskon and is even today he's over 90 years old so he said that well whatever happens we have to go on with faith in guru and shastra which basu ghosh prabhu has been doing ever since for the last 30 years or so now another time about 15 years ago maybe 20 about 15 years ago some of our devotees had uh we're running like what they call nowadays a base like for students in udupi a rented house for students and just opposite was one uh uh was it raghavendra was it raghavendra i can't remember his full name now. anyway uh he's a, lo- a local uh prominent lo- local madhva brahmin and a prominent member of the community bjp leader 
and also very favorable to us. And uh, just before I, uh, two or three weeks before I visit, I, I was regularly visiting there. Two or three weeks before I went there from uh, Bangalore, the temple on the hill, some uh, they sent some magazine giving all bad information about so many wrong things going on in Iskon. Because he was a life member of Iskon, so they sent him this magazine. So when I went there and I saw him, I said, well, after seeing that magazine, I, uh, maybe your opinion of our society has changed. He said, no. He said, I mean, I'm born in Udupi and I know everything about what's going in all the muts and I would be surprised if in your Iskon there wasn't anything like this going on. But that's not our subject. That's not what we come for. We come for bhakti. So where there's bhakti, we find that, and the other things, let the other people do. We're not interested in that. Of course, there are some people who claim that there's no bhakti whatsoever in Iskon. That all the gurus, they're they're like Putana. They're putting on a nice face, but actually, they have their real form. They've got fangs and like horns coming out of them, like this. They're just exploiting the people, living comfortable lives of sense gratification. Uh, well, it's up to you to decide. I, I personally think this is a, to say this. Iskon's totally off. It's too fanatical. So yeah, well, some some things we may may have to know about to some extent, lest our minds be dis, become disturbed. Just like uh, a few years ago, there was an issue raised, and it's still coming up, that some people claim that Prabhupada was poisoned by his closest disciples. It's very horrible even to say it. If, if we hear it, and then also you see there's this evidence and that evidence, if you examine it, you'll find that there's, you know, there's nothing really that much evidence. If you really wanted to do a very deep investigation, maybe you could. I don't see how it's going to benefit your bhakti to know either way. Pure devotee of Krishna like Srila Prabhupada, it's not, you know, he's under the protection of Krishna. So, you know, you can believe it or you cannot believe it. Uh, if you're interested in my opinion, I don't believe it. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's very horrible to think that Prabhupada's closest disciples, they, they could even think of doing such a thing. So the general direction is anukul yasya sankalpa pratikul yasya varjanam. We should cultivate that which is uh, favorable for advancing in devotion and not that and, and reject that which spoils our bhakti. So, yeah, there are many controversial issues. How many can you get involved in? At the end of life, we have to remember Krishna. So I can't give a very. I mean. I mean, like I say, to some extent you may have to deal with them. But we have to remember not to get diverted from our actual goal of life, which, as Prabhupada said, is to become mad after Krishna. Yeah, okay. All right. Have you read these? No, all right. Lord Krishna gives us assurance that once a devotee... Oh, ever heard this question before? Comes to, when a devotee comes to his abode, he will never fall down. But at the same time, we know that the jiva is always independent, and because of which a jiva, because of that, a jiva can fall down at any time. How can we understand both the statements? Hmm? The question is that Lord Krishna gives us assurance that once a devotee comes to his abode, we never fall down. Yeah, say that first of all. But the jiva is always independent. Let's qualify by that by saying he, the jiva has minute independence, because of which a jiva can fall at any time. So how can we understand both the statements? This one always comes. This, this is a commonly asked question. Srila Prabhupada sometimes answered such questions. And sometimes he said that... Um, to devotees who are trying to understand these topics, he, he would say that, look, it's just like we're drowning in the ocean. We, we should try to get out of it, not try to discover too much how we're here or why we're here. 
In one conversation, I, 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 I remember when I read through the conversation books of Srila Prabhupada, but I couldn't find the quote now. Uh, when Prabhupada was asked about this, he says that, yeah, theoretically the jiva can fall down again because he has independence. But generally he doesn't. So it seems to be a somewhat of a contradiction. Difficult to understand. Anyway, the best thing is to go there and don't come back. Don't, mis- <laughs> don't misuse your independence. You can uh, put in your will that I'm keeping some money in trust funds just in case I don't like it in Vaikuntha. I'll come back and claim them later on. I don't think we're going to be let in Vaikuntha if we keep some tr- trust funds here. Okay, what's the next question? Oh yeah. In some of our present ISKCON methods, they have very meticulous counseling system. So how the counseling system should be? Yatochit yataruchi. You can say that in Telugu. As much as it should be and according to taste. Different strokes for different folks. Seems that some people like a very... Uh, rigid guidance and others uh, they prefer less rigid Srila Prabhupada wrote in one letter about uh, cultivating the spirit of spontaneous service attitude so uh, guidance should be there but not so that people become, they remain as spiritual infants forever. One should uh, imbibe the message of Guru, Sadhu and Shastra and become uh, competent in acting according to Guru, Sadhu and Shastra in various circumstances. Even then, one may be uh, quite mature as a person and a devotee, but some circumstances may be so Difficult to understand that we may need to take some personal guidance. Like Arjuna. Here, make a note of this. Arjuna himself was a very senior and respected member of society. And and people might have approached... He might be the kind of person that people approached for guidance and advice. But he himself found found the situation so perplexing that he found he had no other recourse but to take some guidance. Yeah, just make a note of that, that particular point. So again, I mean, uh, how much how much the rigid it should be, I mean, you can't measure it in degrees. It's, it's, uh, it's an abstract concept, how strict a system should be. Whether such formal systems are required or desired is itself... Uh, a question. If, I mean, yeah. In some of Iskon's books on the holy name, and also hearing from many devotees about Harinam Prabhu, I never came across this in Prabhupada's teachings. Is it necessary to know about this? Is a reference to Harinam Prabhu. Necessary to know about this? It's Bhaktivinoda uh, Thakur uses this phrase. So it's simply, it's uh, by using this phrase, it's simply expressing that Harinam is non-different from Bhagavan. So there's no harm to use this phrase. Srila Prabhupada teaching about Krishna consciousness in English language, he uh, often used terms that were different from uh, traditional Bengali terms. Prabhupada would generally refer to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as Lord Chaitanya, which is roughly uh, meaning Chaitanya Prabhu. Although in uh, tradition, in Bengali Vaishnavas among themselves, they would usually say Mahaprabhu or Gorasunda like this. So there's no harm in saying Ainam Prabhu. You won't fall from Vaikuntha by saying it. Can you kindly explain about the third stance of Shikshash? I guess they mean stanza. Can you explain? Well, it should be more. The question should be more specific, is there, than just "Can you explain?" If there's any particular doubt, you can express that. Or 
Sometimes it happens to hear some of the mistakes done by some senior devotees, some even about some sannyasis. And as an immature beginner, I immediately see everything in them as false. So how to avoid offenses in such cases? Well, uh, Krishna consciousness can be best prosecuted by persons who are uh, very uh, sober and concerned with understanding ultimate reality. Such persons will not be uh, diverted away from Krishna consciousness by hearing the uh, some about some discrepancies of some practitioners of Krishna consciousness. Now, the position of gurus and sannyasis in Iskon, uh, at least among their followers, is very powerful. Because uh, devotees are enjoined to follow them, both their practice and their precept. That means their achara and their vichara. Uh, so if a sannyasi or a guru is doing or saying something which is uh, not properly to the life. Generally, we, we follow them because we think that they're properly setting the example. But if they do something which is uh, seriously deviating from the uh, proper practice or understanding of Krishna consciousness, then it becomes uh, misleading for their followers. So, uh, de- devotees who are actually interested in understanding the truth of Krishna consciousness are not being just simply some blind followers of a personality cult, then they should uh, judge everything according to Guru, Sadhu and Shastra. So, uh, yeah, sometimes some prominent devotees do some things which uh, may not be exactly in the line, the ideal line. So, uh, it's probably best that Devotees be aware of that so that they don't become misguided. On the other hand, we have to uh, be very careful in how we view this. If we think that this person is just completely bogus because of some minor discrepancy, then we become completely bogus. If uh, we have to consider someone's been practicing Krishna consciousness and serving Srila Prabhupada's mission for many years, and then, if the, like I say, if there's some minor discrepancy, that may not even matter that very much, although we may also not want to follow it. We should not be uh, enthusiastic to find faults in others, but we should also not be uh, so sentimental as to think that no one can do anything. Anyone who's got tilak on is completely perfect in all respects. These village people, they may not understand the word sentimental. How how can you say that? It means, uh, and well, we can say some other words like blind, having blind faith or unphilosophical or something like that. Recently I saw in uh, one magazine which is dedicated I, I saw one magazine which is dedicated to proving how all the leaders of ISKCON are totally bogus. I also got an honorable mention in that issue. So, uh, to prove, according to their understanding, how totally bogus Bhakti Charu Swami is, they showed a, f- a photo of him worshipping Lord Shiva. Now, isn't that totally bogus? Well, is it or isn't it? The general injunction is not to worship demigods. On the other hand, in the Hari Bhakti Vilas, which Srila Prabhupada mentions as the uh, guidebook or, or for devotees' behavior, there is an uh, elaborate description of how to observe Shivratri. And this was Bhakti Charaswami worshipping Lord Shiva on Shivratri. And uh, we find in Chaitanya Charitamrita also, in Srila Prabhupada's translation also, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu describes to Sanatana Goswami how Sanatana Goswami should describe, which he did in Hari Bhakti Vilas, how to observe Shivaratri. So, uh, of course, Srila Prabhupada, he didn't personally direct us to uh, observe Shivaratri. 
But on the other hand, uh, according to Srila Prabhupada's own books and according to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself, it's not totally outside the uh, scope of Gorya Vaishnavism to worship Lord Shiva, especially on Shivaratri, to worship him as the greatest Vaishnava. So, uh, you know, that should be considered also. In other words, you see, it's very easy just to uh, blame others, but then there's another case in another edition of that magazine how they were they were saying how Loganath Swami is totally bogus because he's he's distributing sets of Bhagavatams and he's signing them. There's no doubt Srila Prabhupada is very pleased by Loganath Maharaj or anyone else distributing sets of Bhagavatams. And if by signing them, Loganath Maharaj enthuses people more to take them and read them, then uh, that's good. So it's just like... Uh, you know, someone may go out on book distribution, distribute so many books, and then someone may say, yeah, but you know, 20% of the people he approached didn't take books. Instead of seeing he distributed so many books, you see, you see, that person didn't take a book, that person didn't take a book, that person didn't take a book. It's not very uh, balanced or fair, is it? Okay, a woman should not give up her street dharma, but at the same time perform devotional service simultaneously. Please translate. If it is so, how to understand the following two shlokas? Bhagavad Gita 1866. Give up all varieties of dharma and just surrender to me, Krishna says. And also Srimad Bhagavatam 11.541, Devarshi Bhutapta, etc. The uh, purport of which is that by fully surrendering to Krishna, one has no more obligations to anyone else. Well, um, after preaching Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna and telling him to fully surrender to himself, uh, Krishna engaged Arjuna in fighting. So, uh, surrendering to Krishna doesn't necessarily mean that one has to change one's position in society. Actually, uh, how long ago? But just one and a half years ago, something like that, in Sukundrabad, I gave a three-day seminar on this topic. So I suggest you get a recording of that and listen to that. I'm not avoiding it, but I, you know, I, I did address all these questions very, thorough, very thoroughly. It is said that even once chanting the holy name, all karma will be deleted. Sounds like a computer age expression. And we will get Krishna Mem. Prem, sorry. Krishna Prem. But such chanting should be pure. What are the obstacles in pure chanting and how to overcome it? Well, the obstacles are the ten offenses against the Holy Name. And we can overcome them by sincerely chanting. For more information, consult Srinam Amrita. I'm promoting this book. Yeah, here it is. You can see. I asked, how many copies were brought here? I asked to bring plenty of copies, 40 or 50. 60 copies we brought here. Yeah. Because after all, Harinam is our dharma. So there's much information about this. Yeah. Yeah, give me the book. Please study this book. It will help everyone in their Nam Bhajan. Yeah, available on the bookstore. I guess if they don't know English, there's no point in translating that. Is association with other devotees absolutely necessary? Well, according to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, yes. Uh... What is that? Uh, oh, there's one verse in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Sadhu Sang... No, not... Um, no, 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 that one. Uh, Krishna Bhakti Janma Mool Hoi Sadhu Sangha. You can understand that, you can translate it. It's, it's the same in Bengali or Telugu. 
Krishna Bhakti Janma Mool Hoy, the only Bengali word there is Hoy. The, the root, or, or that which, the root of that which gives rise to Krishna Bhakti is Sadhu Sangha, association with devotees. Yeah, okay, you already said it. Uh, uh, Krishna Bhakti Janmai Puna Te, Krishna Bhakti Janmai Teho Puna Mokya Anga. And even when one is, even when one's Krishna Bhakti has arisen, association with devotees remains a, a principal facet, mukya anga, the word is given, of, of devotional service. Isn't chanting the holy names of Krishna enough in this Kali Yuga? Well, unless you have sadhu sangha, you won't even know to chant Hare Krishna. You won't know how to chant Hare Krishna, avoiding offenses. If you're Haridash Thakur, then you don't need any association. You, yeah, go, you go to a cave and chant. Yeah, There's plenty of caves around here. Haridash Thakur is living in a cave and there was a poisonous snake, huge poisonous snake in the cave. Haridash wasn't disturbed, he just went on chanting. To uh, devotees who are coming to Vrindavan, Srila Prabhupada brought devotees to Vrindavan from the West, but he warned them that if you think you can just sit at Radha Kund and chant by yourself, then you will simply eat and sleep and think of women and money and fall down. That will be the result of your chanting. In the words of Jagadananda Pandit, who is uh, the uh, principal associate of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Shadu Shanga Krishna Nam E Matro Chai Shangsha Jinite Ar Kono Bostunai. The association of devotees and chanting of the holy names, this is all I desire. These are, uh, these are required uh, for crossing or conquering over material life. Uh, or not required, they're the only means of crossing over material life. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu described the five principles five principal activities in devotional service. Sadhu Sangha Krishna Nam Bhagavad Shravan Mathura Vas Shradhai Srimurtir Sevan. So the first one given is association with devotees and the second one given is chanting the holy names. Is it required to go to the temple when we do deity worship at home? It's actually spelled D-E-I-T-Y. Deity worship. Yes. Yeah, again, the same point. We need association of devotees. The last sentence, I don't understand it, so I won't comment on it. I don't understand its relevance to the rest of it. We can see that some devotee who preach not straight way, but through psychology or Ayurveda, are very successful. They make many devotees who after some time become a very sincere. How you comment this? Question mark. Yeah, they make many devotees, but uh, we have to see. I, uh, you say they're very sincere, but they're very sincere for what? For psychology or Ayurveda or you know, fully surrendering to Krishna. Very sincere means if we understand that Everything in this world is ultimately of no consequence and uh, surrender to Krishna is the only real meaning of life. It's so easy to get diverted from this one point. It's easier to bring more people if we offer something that they're interested in. If we tell people that uh, there's a lecture on how to give up meat-eating, gambling, illicit sex, intoxication and fully surrender your life to Krishna, we're not likely to get many people coming. Of course, if we do advertise a lecture like that and anyone comes, whoever comes for a lecture like that, then they're going to be def definitely going to be very sincere. But we see often devotees, they present some seminar on, what's that called, personality development. What's that other thing, stress relief or something like that? Stress management. So, yeah, I guess you can put anything if you preach Bhagavad Gita. Today's lecture is on stress management. Ladies and gentlemen, all stress is caused because of our false identification with the body. We are all eternal servants of Krishna. Surrender to Krishna and there will be no more stress. People hear that and they will become more stressed. I have, to, I have to surrender to Krishna. Ah! Well, actually, all preaching 
is uh, making contact with people on a level, some some level in which they can start to hear what we have to say. And then raising them to the platform of what they need to hear rather than what they want to hear. Or even the beginning, we may say what they don't want to hear. And tell them uh, what if they're even if they have even any slight sincerity, they should be able to understand that this material world is a place of suffering, full of birth and death. This is, of course, how Srila Prabhupada and all the acharyas preached, and uh, they're the most effective preachers. And along with that, of course, we give prasadam and we arrange festivals like Jagannath Rathayatras, in which people are also attracted to the happiness of Krishna consciousness. So if we just preach Bhagavad Gita as it is, we can't go wrong. If we preach Ayurveda, psychology or whatever it is, and we bring people to the point of hearing Bhagavad Gita as it is, well, that's very good. But if we ourselves get caught on the platform, on the lower platform, then we lost, in, instead of giving what we have to give to others, we ourselves become comp- somewhat compromised with the lower message. We may think, well, it's great preaching, so many people are coming. But we can't necessarily judge the success of preaching by how many people are coming. During Srila Prabhupada's manifest presence, there was a very uh, successful program called the Road Show and the Yoga Village, in which devotees, they were doing a rock music opera. Not exactly Kirtan, that was the problem. They were using... Uh, you know, electric guitars and all this kind of, and the they were presenting Krishna consciousness in in the in some modern drama, and it was actually becoming quite successful, and people were joining and becoming devotees. But Prabhupada stopped it. He felt that the devotees uh, they were too much at risk of themselves losing their uh, own Krishna consciousness. He said that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu spread Krishna consciousness by chanting the holy names and we should do the same thing. So, yeah, theoretically we can do anything or say anything for preaching, but we have to be very careful that we actually are on the right point. Just to give an example that I'm, you know, somewhat disturbed about at the present time is that at the present time in our society it's strongly promoted that you should never speak strongly. Some devotees, the only thing they speak strongly about is that you shouldn't speak strongly. Uh, and they never use the words of Shastra uh, or that Srila Prabhupada or all the Acharyas constantly use, such as rascals, fools, nonsense, animals, etc. So um, I'm afraid that we're losing the, the tenor or the mood of, of the, the sharp differentiation between the uh, the all that is wrong about material life and all that is absolutely correct about Krishna consciousness. Uh, Krishna consciousness is reality. Everything in this material world uh, that is not related to Krishna consciousness is simply nonsense. Even the so-called nice people and pious people, ultimately if they're not Krishna conscious, it's all useless. So unless we are very clear on these points and very clearly differentiate between what is Krishna consciousness and what isn't, uh, then we're going to become confused as to what is and what isn't. And then we ourselves can't be Krishna conscious, although we might think that we are Krishna conscious. If we think that Krishna consciousness means just being nice and smiling at people, then we just become like these, you know, like ordinary sadhus. That's all they do, right? They, they look at people and smile at them. That's the job of a sadhu, beginning, middle and end. But the real duty of a sadhu is, according to Krishna, to speak in such a way that our material attachments are cut. Tatodu Sangha Utsricha Satsu Sajeta Buddhiman. What's the I always feel what's the rest of the verse? Can you look it up? Look up Satsu. Lord Krishna says that therefore. Previously, he's described the miserable condition of this world. One should give up bad association. An intelligent person should associate with saintly persons. What is it? Sadhu chindanti. What is it? Satsu sajeta buddhiman. Look it up. Satsu, S A T S U. 
Vishajetas. You got it? Can't find it? Ah, Manobhya Sangha Mukti Bhi. Sadhu Chindanti. Uh, anyway, I can't remember. But the purport is that, you know, that these saintly persons, by their uh, harsh words, they cut the uh, material attachments of the mind. You got it? Satsu Sajjeta. Double J. Anyway. So, I mean, anyway, according to Krishna, that's what a sadhu should be doing. So, what do you think about book distribution? Question. Whenever people ask me, what do I think, I tell them, it doesn't matter what I think. I'm just one tiny little being. What does it matter what I think? But we know very well what Srila Prabhupada thought about the distribution of his books. So, we should take his opinion very seriously. He very much wanted that his books are distributed. And it's saying that nowadays people don't read normal books in the computer. Well, it hasn't quite come to that yet, but it's, it's, there's, there's more and more people are reading these uh, books, like they have this thing, some device, they read books on a computer screen. What's that? There's some devices for reading books. Kindle, yeah, there are different devices for doing that. So we can do that. Yeah, we're in the process of doing that. It's, it's, it's not that it's not... We're saying book, it doesn't mean that you actually have to physically have a book. You can also read it on the... I mean, I mostly read on the computer screen. If I had to carry all the books around, you know, I'd have to carry a donkey around with me to carry all the books, but I got them in my computer, right? Still didn't find it? That Madhvacharya, he used to travel with, uh, with a bullock cart with all his manuscripts. Right? That's a famous incident. The Mayavadis stole his books. And then the king chased them. And then they had to give back the... Uh, the king sent his soldiers to chase the Mayavadis. And they had to give back the books. And according to the Madhva Sampradaya, whenever Madhva was speaking, the bull would be listening very carefully. And practically no one could understand what he was saying because it was so complex. But later that bull was born as uh, Jayatirtha. He became the... Acharya Jayatirtha, who's known as Tika Acharya, his commentaries illuminate Madhva's commentaries. So practically, whatever is known as the Madhva Sampradaya's teachings, it's Madhva as explained by Jayatirtha, who is said to be the bull in his previous life. Okay, no more questions then. All right, I'll speak some other things then. This. Uh, I was getting on your case this morning about using the word Siddhanta for theory. <laughs> but he, you told me that that's chaste Telugu. So I, I'm seeing how dangerous it is, this misuse of words. Because you, you told me that in school they taught you about Darwin Siddhanta. But Siddhanta means that it's already fully investigated and fully demonstrated, but it's Darwin's theory, which means it's just some funny idea that Meyer inspired in his mind because he was envious of Krishna. But they've used the word Siddhanta, which is actually cheating to use that word. Because then, then you think that it's actually a fact. And the scientists, they talk like that. You see, well... Many billions of years ago, there was a big bang. and They don't know. How do they know? It's just their speculation. But they talk as if it's a fact. Therefore, they are cheating. So, uh, yeah, we have to be very uh, careful how we understand the use of words. Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswar Thakur said that his most important task was to pr properly define words. We can't properly uh, discuss Krishna consciousness or preach Krishna consciousness unless... People understand what we are saying. Just like we may say that, uh, well, do you believe in God? And someone will say yes. But if we know what their understanding of what God is, then we will say, no, you don't believe in God. Just like according to the Mayavadis, Ishvara, these words which come in Shastra, Ishvara, Atma, and Brahma, they all mean the same thing. So uh, when we say, people say, yes, yes, I believe in God, they, they're, but they're thinking, I believe in God. I am God. So, uh, before we can actually communicate, we have to 
understand what the words we are saying mean. That's another reason why it's not enough just to chant Hare Krishna. We need sadhu sangam, we need association of devotees. We may be chanting Hare Krishna, but we don't know, we don't have a clear understanding of who Krishna is, what our relationship with him is, how are we supposed to be serving him. We have to hear repeatedly from devotees to get a clear understanding. One devotee, a disciple of Srila Prabhupada, he was, uh, after he was initiated for two years, he related, he, it suddenly, all of a sudden, he had a, an amazing realization that everything Prabhupada was saying was not allegorical. Allegorical means, uh, what's that, rupak is the word? No, rupak means a metaphor. It, it's not upama. Yeah, it's not just to indicate something else. That Krishna actually is a person and he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He was initiated for two years, but he thought that Prabhupada was saying Krishna is God and we have to surrender him to him. But behind all this, there was a more subtle meaning. He thought this for two years after being initiated. And then one day, he finally, Oh, actually, Prabhupada means it. That's what he means. So we don't know how many misunderstandings and contaminations people have. So uh, it requires very careful hearing, actually, to understand all this. And, uh, yeah, we, we have to carefully understand what's being said. Uh, just like within Shastra and within Prabhupada's books, the word bhakta or Vaishnava or devotee is used different times in different contexts. Sometimes we read that uh, all Vai- Vaishnavas are beyond the influence of Maya. So does that mean that everyone who puts on Tilak, Vaishnav Tilak, they're just immediately, they're beyond the influence of Maya? So obviously, uh, it requires some intelligence to understand various statements contextually. And also, uh, Srila Prabhupada, his uh, English, Srila Prabhupada of course preached mostly in English, and uh, one thing is that English is a very different language from the from uh, Sanskritum, and within within each language there are various uh, cultural uh, what's the word influences. Just like even the very word God is an English word, which uh, has Christian when it has a Christian connotation. So Srila Prabhupada usually spoke of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Every every language has its uh, various cultural connotations along with it. For some time I was preaching in Thailand. Very difficult. Because the uh, philosophical language, of course in general not a very philosophical people, but uh, who is philosophical? But the philosophical language is completely rooted in Buddhism. So, for instance, the word for meditation is vipassana, which means, yeah, well, it, it, it gives a, an idea of Buddhist meditation. So all the words we were trying to learn for preaching, because we have to use the language, all the, the language, the words they use are derived from Sanskrit, but they've all totally taken into a, a Buddhist understanding. So it becomes very difficult to uh, communicate the message of Krishna consciousness to people whose very language is uh, it's, uh, totally Buddhistic, nihilistic, voidistic, shunyavad. So ultimately, yasya deve para bhakti yatha deve tata goro tasyaite katita hyartha prakashante mahatmana. Those who are uh, who have full faith in the gurus and in the supreme lord, to them all the imports of Vedic knowledge are revealed. But at the same time, the very means of communicating Krishna consciousness is language. So we should clearly understand what's being said. And of course, language—it's not 
Communication through language is not only by words. There's also intent which is often communicated by uh, gestures. And it may be only that by associating with a per- person for a long time you can appreciate their inner feelings. Just like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's inner feelings, there were only two people who understood the, the very depth of of his feelings. Manobhishta is the common word used. Who are those two people? Sarup Damodar is one, yeah. Who is the other one? Rupa Goswami. Actually, yeah, Ramananda, yeah, he also understood. But, but, well, actually it's stated in Chaitanya Charitamrita that only one person knew them, Sarup Damodar, but he didn't tell anyone. And the other one was Rupa Goswami, who broadcast them. Sri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadama Dati Swapadanti Kam. Seems that Srup he had even more depth of understanding of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Srup, what is that? Srup Goshai Bhaga Najai Barnon Prabhura Bhishtata. Kaya Vakaman. He stated that no one can describe the good fortune of Surup Damada because his uh, body, mind and words were completely, practically one with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So what exactly, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to this world for, that was revealed by Rupa Goswami. And that was uh, broadcast by Krishidas Kaviraj. Now, um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu spoke with many people, but not everyone uh, got the point to the extent that Rupa Goswami did. Of course, there are so many great devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, so this statement may be difficult to understand. <laughs> You're saying Rai Ramananda. Actually, it's stated that there are three and a half intimate devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So we know much about Srub Damodar and Rai Ramananda, but we know almost nothing about Shiki Mahiti and Madhavi Devi. Madhavi Devi, his sister. The Gadadha Pandit, he's the, he was every day reciting Srimad Bhagavatam to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at Tota Gopinath Temple. Tota Gopinath Prabhu just came, so I was reminded of that. So yeah, what was the point? So yeah, what, what, how much do we understand? How much can we understand? There's that uh, amazing verse, Aham Vedmi Shukho Veti Vyasa Veti Na Veti Va. I, Lord Shiva says, I understand. Shuka understands. Vyasa Dev, maybe he understands. Vyasa Dev is the Acharya of the whole world. Maybe what he was compiling that suggested here, maybe himself didn't understand. Of course he understands, but how much can we understand? How much can we understand about Krishna? But at least we should understand Krishna as much as he presents himself in Bhagavad Gita. His inner feelings, well, that's very difficult to understand. If someone lives very intimately with someone else for many years, they may understand their inner feelings. Just like husband and wife, after many years, they may understand each other. Maybe not also. But at least we should understand Krishna as much as he describes himself in Bhagavad Gita. So for that we have to hear Bhagavad Gita as it is from a devotee who explains Bhagavad Gita as it is without personal interpretation. Non-devotees, they explain Bhagavad Gita and devotees explain Bhagavad Gita. They both quote the same verses but the understanding they have is quite different. When Krishna says... Manmana bhava mad bhaktaha. Always think of me and become my devotee. Devotee says, Ah, yes, how nice. I should always think of Krishna and be his devotee. This morning we were talking about one pundit who was uh, highly instrumental in making India the mess it is at the present time. There was another pundit at the same time who uh, commented on Bhagavad Gita, giving the, uh, uh, declaring in his commentary, that it is not the person Krishna who we have to surrender to, but to the unborn within Krishna. Just hearing how you shouldn't speak strongly, don't become upset at anyone. 
But on hearing this, if you don't become upset, if you don't want to kick that person in the face and urinate in their face, to use Srila Prabhupada's words, then you're not a devotee at all. You shouldn't say that! You should say that! Rascals! I'm not making a joke drama here. I mean, Prabhupada himself, he wrote so strongly against, he wrote pages and pages and pages against this one statement of this one rascal. How can you be a devotee if someone says, well, actually, it's not, there's no real person in Krishna. You don't have to surrender to Krishna. It's just an idea. And you're a devotee and you say, oh yeah, very nice. You're not a devotee. You should be kicked in the face also. What kind of bhakti is that? You say, yeah, I love Krishna, but yeah, people, doesn't matter if they just, you know, insult Krishna and t- say he doesn't exist. Yeah, it's all right, you see, we don't want to upset anyone. What rascaldom is this? So yeah, we will discuss Surup Damodar's intimate feelings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Yeah, but we can do that sometimes, but our general business is Pashanda Dalan. There are two businesses in preaching. Pashanda Dalan or Prem Pracharan. One is preaching Prem and the other is subduing the rascals. So there's no Prem if we, are, if we think that the rascals are nice. Then where is the question of Prem? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he didn't tolerate that. His own friend from his very childhood, Mukunda, he, because this Mukunda was associating with Mayavadis, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu banished him. You don't come. You don't come and see me ever again. Get out. Hmm. All right. So now we'll have Gaur Arati Kirtan. Yeah. Okay. Keep keep the. Que- if you have any more questions, you can write them in whatever language is convenient for you and give them to Gauradas. Say it in Telugu. You can give it during the course of the next day. You don't have, you can give the questions to him.